We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 117 for July 2019, and here are your hosts, myself, Joe, T.I. and S.L. 12743. This is Nikki, DZ8397. This is Marcus, TK14057. And Todd, TB and TI10078. The 501st Legion is currently at 14,060 members with 28,714 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording is Michael, TK31793, a new shock trooper for Georgia Garrison's Akmulgi squad. I hope I pronounced that right. In this episode, we celebrate pride, recruit and fundraise at local conventions, anticipate the upcoming Comic-Con International in San Diego, and resume our duties as Weird Al's backup dancers. Stay tuned. Recent news. So the very first thing we'd like to mention this episode is a correction from last episode. In episode 116, we offered congratulations to Chris, TK6744 from Empire City Garrison, on hitting the 275 troop milestone in Empire City Garrison's Vader's Vanguard program. But we were a little confused by the tally since he's been a Legion member for 11 years and clearly troops more than twice a month. Well, the confusion has been dissolved thanks to a quick email explaining that Vader's Vanguard program only began with ECG about seven years ago. So Chris's actual 501st Legion troop count as of June 4th, 2019 is actually 440 troops. So that's about 40 events a year. He's hoping to make it to 501 troops before he turns 50 in a couple years. And uh, I'm sure he'll make it. So glad to have that mystery cleared up. Congratulations again, Chris. Although 275 troops is still an amazing count. We just knew that there had to be more troops out there based on the sheer number we hear about here on the 501st cast. And speaking of TK6744, he was one of the two first order troopers, the other being Taylor Arthur, TK12110 from Northeast Remnant Garrison. They were both selected by Lucasfilm to appear on ABC's Good Morning America for the live taping of their coverage of the opening of Galaxy's Edge on May 30th. Call time was 5.30 a.m., with the first taping scheduled for 7.20 a.m. The troopers appeared in three different segments of the show, along with the GMA hosts and guests, and the event wrapped up at 10 a.m. We'll have links uh, to a bunch of coverage from that appearance in our show notes. Here are the new and or updated entries to our costume reference library since our last episode. The Pathfinders have updated the Patrol Trooper CRL. New boot pictures and requirements added, plus light weathering on helmet is now permissible. Thanks to four years of persistent work by a dedicated member of the Bounty Hunters Guild, a pretty dramatic change has been made to the CRL for Snaggletooth, Zuton. She has been renamed Zootmore. I hope I have the pronunciation of that correct. Uh, see the discussion on the BHG forum for all the details. Yeah, I totally did not realize that Snaggletooth was a female 
Snivian until I read the Wikipedia article. So I, many characters with in, uh, incredible backstories. And aliens that you've never heard of before. What's a Snivian? Well, I guess it's Snaggletooth. Now I know. <laughs> well, the Bounty Hunters Guild is uh, also extremely pleased to present the completed CRL for Boba Fett, Return of the Jedi, original trilogy. This is the culmination of massive amounts of work from the detachment. While GMLs are now free to approve this costume, the Legion membership team strongly encourages the use of the GML peer review threads. Boba is a complex costume, and a trained eye will really see all the nuances of the costume. In the Underworld detachment, an awesome new costume is now GML approvable. The Canto Bite Police Officer, as seen in The Last Jedi. Over in the Crate Clan, folks have added a Bantha Rider option to the A New Hope Tuscan CRL. The difference is that the Bantha Rider wears his bandoliers on the outside of the outer robe. The outer robe is still required for this costume, as is the waist sash. There are now two main CRL images and new wording describing each option in the bandolier section. In the IOC, they've updated the rank bar requirements for the Imperial Officer Minban and the rank bar text for the original trilogy costume CRLs. Bars of metal appearance are now acceptable, and push-button type bars are now at level 2. IOC has also updated the Navy Trooper dress uniform to allow stitch lines on the gloves at basic level. The no stitching on versions 1, 2, and 4 notation has been moved to level 2. Our armored cavalry detachment has made updates to their all-terrain armored cargo transport driver and Imperial cargo assault tank driver CRLs. Please check them out. We'll have those in the show notes. And the last but not least, our clone trooper detachment has added Wolfpack clone grunt in desert gear to their roster. So please check out the links in the show notes. And thank you to the Legion membership team for these updates. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the 501st cast. On May 19th, Alaskan Garrison participated in their local Great Strides for Cystic Fibrosis Walk. Patrons walked along the Alcantara Trail System, which is about two miles long, and concluded at the Larson Elementary School in Wasilla for a free barbecue luncheon. Legion members were there at the start of the walk to help get everyone excited for the event, and then again at the end cheering, encouraging, and high-fiving folks as they finished. This was a special event for Galactic Academy Moraband School Cadet Ellen. CDZ 4571, as it was her very first event in costume. Over the last three years, the garrison has done several events with the Ark of Anchorage, and they never get old. The third annual Star Wars Dinner and Dance took place on May 31st this year. The Ark of Anchorage is a private, not-for-profit organization dedicated to serving children and adults who experience developmental disabilities or mental health issues, so they can lead rich, Full, satisfying lives of dignity and purpose. The Star Wars dance is a safe and fun environment for participants and our members alike to show off their dance moves and give the participants the opportunity to work on socialization and decision-making skills. The ARC folks make all of the Star Wars decorations for the gym area, and participants come and enjoy intergalactic food, blue milk, and stay for the cosplay and dancing. Imperial Order 13 for Imperial Shenanigans is always in the fullest effect at this event, and it's one that they look forward to for everyone. The Children's Lunchbox is a nonprofit organization 
providing snacks and meals to kids in Alaska through various community programs, elementary schools, and weekend food programs. On June 1st, they kicked off their summer food program for the very first time and invited Alaskan Garrison to help celebrate. They are the only organization in Alaska providing free meals to kids during the summertime. The Star Wars crew was out at the Anchorage Downtown Market with children's lunchbox staff, welcoming kids and their families in for meals, conversation photos, and imperial shenanigans, as only this crew can. They ended up serving over 60 meals to hungry kids in the community that afternoon. Alaskan Garrison's Asajj Ventress and her daughter, Galactic Academy Mora Band School's Cadet Jawa, spent the afternoon on June 6th supporting the Summer Food Program. The Summer Food Service Program is a federally funded program that provides free, nutritious meals to youth aged 18 or younger in low-income areas or pockets of poverty during the summer months when school is not in session. This event is to kick off the summer site for children in the Spinard area of Anchorage, Alaska. The crew of two and the children's lunchbox staff welcomed kids and their families, no questions asked, and made sure they were fed and educated them about the summer program. There was tons of photos, hugs, and galactic-sized amount of love for this population of amazing people. We'll have links to photo galleries from each of these events in our show notes. And thanks to Jen, IC84864, for those reports. Members of Garrison Excelsior, alongside other Star Wars fan clubs, attended Nickel City Con at the Buffalo Convention Center on May 17th and 18th. In addition to promoting their individual clubs and posing for photos of attendees, all the clubs worked together to raise funds for the Foundation Finding Blindness. With the additional presence and assistance from the Rebel Legion, Droid Builders, Galactic Academy, and Northridge, together $1,058.95 was raised. The Foundation Fighting Blindness was established in 1971 by a passionate group of families driven to find treatments and cures for inherited retinal diseases that were affecting their loved ones. The Foundation's goal is to drive the research that would lead to prevention, treatments, and vision restoration for the spectrum of degenerative retinal diseases, specifically macular degeneration. Together, these conditions affect more than 10 million Americans and millions more throughout the world. For more information, please visit their website at www.fightingblindness.org. Thanks to Peter, TK9510, for that report. Empire City Garrison appeared at the Cradle of Aviation Museum's second annual CradleCon in Uniondale, Long Island, June 1st and 2nd. This event featured cosplay, guests, artists, vendors, and exhibits, with the proceeds going to support the nonprofit museum. Empire City Garrison was joined by members of the Rebel Legion's Echo Base and Saber Guild's Endor Temple, as well as Paul from the R2 Builders on Saturday. It was a fun experience, and ECG thanks all of the volunteers for their patience with the tight-changing arrangements. ECG has appeared at the museum over a dozen times, and this was one of the more crowded events. There was a steady stream of guests throughout the day in the thousands, and wherever they went, they would be stopped for photos. It was a bit exhausting navigating through the crowds and running a raffle event, but it was worth it as they managed to raise over $100 with the raffle and a combined total for all the Star Wars groups over $1,100. Funds were donated directly to Stony Brook Children's Hospital. Legion members were proud to help raise awareness for the museum and money for the Children's Hospital. The museum graciously provided pizza and refreshments and small but secure conference room to retreat to when breaks were needed. 
Chris and John, TI42070, were also interviewed and photographed by Newsday at the event. ECG plans to return to the Cradle of Aviation in August 2019 for the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo and November 2019 for the Tree Festival. If you are a 501st member in or visiting the region, check out the details on ECG's forums. Alaskan Garrison wasn't the only one attending a Great Strides Walk. Empire City Garrison attended two Great Strides for Cystic Fibrosis Walks last month. One at Adelphi University on June 2nd, and one at Holtzville Park and Zoo on June 9th. Brent, TI22071, Chris, TB6744, and Ron, SL5928, attended the first walk, but Chris was a trooper of one at the second walk. The CF Foundation does great work, and ECG was proud to participate in both events. Chris, TK6744, and Andrew, DS10214, from Empire City Garrison, attended the Eastern Long Island Mini Maker Fair in Port Jefferson on Saturday, June 8th. Other Star Wars fan groups at the fair included Saber Guilds and the Droid Builders. They were exhibits and activities for makers across Long Island, and organizers were very happy the 501st could attend. ECG had a table inside set up with cards and information about the 501st, and they ventured outside from time to time to take photos. Many of the exhibits were indoors and or under tents, and it was a sunny but a very hot day. As always, they had a great time taking photos, handing out cards, and answering questions about the group. Empire City Garrison attended the summer reading kickoff at the Northport Public Library the evening of June 14th and also visited Hillside Public Library for their Star Wars Day the following afternoon on June 15th. At Northport, Chris, TK6744, and Alan, TK97491, and Joe, SL91452, visited with kids as they picked out books to read over the summer. The 501st is often invited to visit libraries for their summer reading programs, but this year we had at least twice the amount of requests, as the theme of the summer reading program across the United States was a universe of stories, and we fit in perfectly with the theme. At Hillside Public Library, Chris, TK6744, was a trooper of one, quote-unquote trademark, for the 501st, but was joined by members from Saber Guild and a droid builder. At both library visits, ECG had a table set up with cards and information about the 501st. On June 22nd and 23rd, Empire City Garrison attended EternalCon this year at Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. This is a large yearly pop culture convention with celebrity guests and this year featured Jake the Snake Roberts, Finn Balor, Anson Williams from Happy Days, James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Clone Wars, Peter Scolari from New Heart and Bosom Buddies, Power Ranger Austin St. John, the original cast of Sesame Street, and Carol and Paula from The Magic Garden. Legion members got to meet and interact with many of the celebrity guests, which was fantastic. Plus, they posed for photos with hundreds of attendees. ECG had a fan table set up with their Death Star backdrop right alongside the Rebel Legion's Echo Base and the Droid Builders. ECG ran a raffle and raised $128 combined with Echo Base's $122. The Star Wars groups donated a total of $250 to the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Special thanks to John T., ECG's charity officer who put the raffle together, helped set up the table, and helped push the raffle at the table. Also, special thanks to Brent, who did double duty Saturday doing a library event in the morning and then the con in the p.m. Then again on Sunday, he visited a children's hospital in the a.m., did a shift at the con in the p.m., then helped tear down the table. Brent was featured in a brief shot on both Files 1 News as a Royal Guard and on News 12 as a TIE pilot. Great kid! Don't get cocky! 
Although there were a few hiccups, like finding out there was no changing area as promised and the incorrect time being advertised for their panel, on the positive side, one of ECG's fans who brings their family to see them at many events on Long Island brought our troopers cookies on Sunday, which were greatly appreciated. Empire City Garrison visited the Mineola Library for MinCon on Saturday, July 13th. Brent, TD22071, Chris, TB6744, and Joe, SL91452, spent a couple hours taking photos, giving out cards, and interacting with some very enthusiastic kids and adults. This event was Brent's debut of his new Sand Trooper costume, and from the photos, it looks fantastic. MinCon is a pop culture mini convention that focused on science fiction, fantasy, steampunk, comics, gaming, and anime. It was open to all ages and featured dealer tables, activities, a costume contest, and music. Many of the kids and adults were in costume and had fun participating in the various activities. It was more crowded this year than any of them expected, so it was a huge success for the library. As always, thanks to Chris, TK6744, for those reports, and we'll have links to photos from each ECG troop in our show notes. Star Garrison's North Texas squad, with members of Rebel Legion's Castle Base and the Droid Builders, helped celebrate the birthday of Chris, a young man battling leukemia. His friends and family came together to hold a raffle to help raise funds for him and his family at the VFW in Forney, Texas. There are times when requests for appearances come from one of our own, and this was one of them. Birthday Boy Chris is related to Droid Builder Kevin. The friends and family were especially thankful to our members who arrived two hours early and then an extra hand helping to decorate the VFW for the party. Great job, troopers. I saw the little wren sitting there on a log. I asked him his name and in a raspy voice he said Yoda. Y-O-D-A Yoda. Yo, 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 yo. Friend of the Legion, Weird Al Yankovic, has kicked off his newest tour, Strings Attached, at the beginning of June. At each stop, 501st Garrisons are rounding up their members with their best dancing skills to perform on stage during the encore song, The Saga Begins. On June 16th, Star Garrison's Imperial Rough Rider Squad deployed Darth Vader and four TIE pilots to a San Antonio concert. A Central Texas droid builder also brought his R2 unit. Troopers thoroughly enjoyed their time in the spotlight with Weird Al, and we're so glad he tapped us again to join in on the fun of his concerts. Check out WeirdAl.com to see his full tour schedule. At Garrison Excelsior just had our first of two concerts on July 11th in Syracuse. And we have our next one on July 23rd in Lewiston. So we're looking forward to that. We had a great mix of veterans and new members able to perform at the Syracuse show. So that was a blessing to me as an event coordinator because I really want to give new members the chance to do this concert. But I also don't want to just throw all new members on on something like this so it was awesome that we had some guys who had done the concert before able to kind of like help rehearse with the new guys so they definitely had a blast and i got my mad magazine signed that weird al was the guest editor for so i was happy about that even though i didn't get to go i i sent it along with the guys he came back to nashville just a few weeks ago and his venues seem to be getting bigger and bigger. Um, the first one that I attended, he's been here a few times before I even joined, but the first time was um, at a smaller venue. And then uh, the second one that I attended was at the Grand Ole Opry, which is, you know, the, the, um, the Mecca of, of country music. Um, and then the, this year's was at an outdoor venue. Um, so bigger, you know, much more, much more bigger attendance. And, 
the people who troop for the first time, they were so thrilled to, you know, to be there and to experience everything. So I can, uh, like you said, Nikki, uh, Nikki, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great thing for new members, especially. For a limited time, this summer only, select theaters have been granted permission to screen the original Star Wars trilogy. This is something that hasn't happened, with permission at least, in about 20 years. On June 18th, four members of Star Garrison's Imperial Rough Rider Squad attended a screening of A New Hope in San Antonio, Texas. TK-6427, TI-17106, TK-21563, and TI-91707 surveyed the grounds of the Yanaguana garden at Hemisphere, stopping for photos with Saga fans who were arriving to claim their best spots on the lawn for the screening. They also interacted with the folks who were simply enjoying the facilities on hand, surprised that characters from the films were even present. As there was a heat advisory in the area, the troopers only stayed to receive the onslaught from the fans for about an hour before retreating to the safety of their changing space. All present look forward to the next installment of the original trilogy screening. There's a link to a photo gallery in our show notes there as well. Yeah, Garrison Excelsior had one of these too. Um, our theater decided to do all three movies at one night. And so that was a long but thrilling night. Um, and we ha- were also collecting for the Peter Mayhew Foundation and we raised $205.51, which I was astounded by because it was a really tiny theater, you know, just a single screen, one of those vintage theaters. Um, so it was a lot of fun. We even brought R2 into the movie theater so that he could watch his movies too. Is this something that's happening all across the country? Yeah, I noticed on our on our forums that uh, uh, that that did screen in L.A. I believe as well. I had some friends on Facebook that uh, went to see that. I unfortunately could not participate, but yeah, I think it is happening happening very limited uh, across the uh, country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how the theaters found out that you know permission was being granted for the summer. Um, and so far, it seems like it's only, you know, these little, like not just, uh, you know, movie chain type places like Regal or Cinemark or whatever. It's, you know, these smaller theaters. So I'm not sure, you know, how it, the information got disseminated or if people just happened to all of a sudden notice that they were available for uh, licensing. But I, I kind of hope that more people would do these kind of screenings because this is the only one for for a Garrison Excelsior. Yeah, because I remember when the um, special edition came out in 97, I mean, that was the first time I saw Star Wars on the big screen. So I've never seen the original versions actually in, you know, 35 or 70 millimeter. Or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, these were also special edition. Well, um, they were special edition. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, because I did uh, see that a non-special edition did show in uh, somewhere in SoCal. I think it was the Los Angeles area, but right. I think it was for a special... Uh, you know, um, academy viewing or something of that effect. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was have... even another level of super secret permission, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and that one was supposed to have been um, not the original cut, as some were led to believe, uh, because it had a new hope in the opening crawl. Uh, so it might have been a 1978 re-release or a 1980 just prior um, uh, release, but it's still an original 70 millimeter print. You know, before all of the changes were made, uh, that was shown. Uh, just according to uh, friends that I have on Facebook that went to go see it, I'm so jealous. For those living in Dallas, um, you guys can catch the original trilogy um, at the Majestic Theater. August fourth is A New Hope, 
August 15th is The Empire Strikes Back, and August 18th is Return of the Jedi. All seem to be the special edition re-release. Uh, tickets are $10 each, and a dollar of which goes to support the Peter Mayhew Foundation. And also, um, in, uh, let's see here, August 29th, 30th, and 31st, uh, the trilogy is also shown, uh, New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. Um, and this is at the Athenaeum Foundation. Um, in No, sorry, it's the Basel, Basel Theater um, at the historic Athenaeum, and it's in Indianapolis. So try and catch it. Well, several of our garrisons participated in their local pride parades this year. Troopers from... Star Garrison's Imperial Rough Rider Squad alongside Rebel Legion's Kessel Base and Saber Guild's Lothal Temple participated in the San Antonio Bigger Than Texas Pride Parade on June 29th. This was the first year the troopers were present in an official capacity. Observers along the parade route showed a tremendous amount of excitement and enthusiasm as Vader and the troopers came into view. And we'll have links from the parade as well as the other Star Garrison troops mentioned in our show notes. And thanks to Paul, DZ27949, and Julie, TB51964, for those reports from Star Garrison. So from Texas, we're going all the way to Brazil. On June 8th, Death Star Garrison's troops were invited by the Marcos Pontes Astronaut Foundation to participate in a civic-slash-military event, which included the collection of food and feed for dogs and cats for 41 assistants from the city of Bauru. To date, more than 45 tons of products have been donated. They were also invited by a local FM radio station to speak about the 501st Legion. Although our troopers only attended for about three hours, it was estimated that 90,000 people attended the two-day event. On June 14th, Death Star Garrison was invited to the Rotary Club of Legion member Alessandra, TI-30051, for her induction ceremony as president of the 2019-20 Management Club. At the ceremony, troopers promoted the activities of the 501st Legion worldwide as well as at the local level with Death Star Garrison. After the ceremony, members suited up as a surprise for the guests of the event. On July 13th, Death Star Garrison helped support an institution that serves people with autism spectrum disorder, intellectual disability, multiple disabilities, and deafness. Founded in 2002, it works together with the needy community of the entire metropolitan region of Campinas and is formed by a group of professionals who have united with the mission of providing a service of unconditional love and citizenship. All these collaborators believe in the human being, in his infinite possibilities, and in his capacity to transform and transcend any and all conditions of life. The main objective of the association is to assist people with disabilities and in situations of social exclusion through interdisciplinary care in the areas of education, health, culture, and social service. Thank you, Daniel, TI-19760, for those reports from Death Star Garrison in Brazil. Japanese Garrison participated in the Ibaraki East Festival held at the Ibaraki East Hospital on June 14th. SL3416, TB6022, TK12291, and ID39501 greeted hospitalized patients with severe physical and intellectual disabilities, shook hands, and took pictures with their families, hospital staff, and volunteers. And they enjoyed yo-yo fishing, fortune-telling, a haunted house, musical performance, and more. 
Finally, they visited the patient room where patients who could not travel to the event hall were gathered so they could greet them there. On June 22nd, TK12291 from Japanese Garrison participated in the Make-A-Wish of Japan charity Ikiden, a road relay held in Sendai City, Miyagi um, Prefecture, with volunteers of Ronald McDonald House, Sendai. The teamwork of the volunteers and the stormtrooper was wonderful, and they all completed the run, reaching the final cloth sash together. The team received a lot of cheers from the audience along the road. On June 23rd, TK3416 and TK12291 from Japanese Garrison participating in the Ishinomaki Reconstruction Marathon. Ishinomaki is a disaster area of the Great East Japan Earthquake Tsunami. The purpose of this marathon event is to appeal to the whole country and promote lively Ishinomaki. After finishing the marathon, the troopers switched out of their bright white running shoes and back into their standard trooper boots to visit the city for the first time in a year. They saw the energetic appearance of the local people and received many positive vibes from the people of the city. On July 6th, TK-3416, TK-19771, and TK-70302 from Japanese Garrison participated in the Nagai Dance Parade held at Nagai City, Yamagata Prefecture. Definitely looked like a fun event with troopers dancing in the streets alongside children and their families. We'll have links to photos from all of the Japanese garrison troops we talked about in our show notes. Thanks to Hideo TK3416 for those reports. On June 22nd and 23rd, over 50 members of Southern California Garrison, Mandalorian Mercs, and Rebel Legion participated in the Ontario California Relay for Life via their own relay team called the 501st Southern California Garrison. The Relay for Life is a 24-hour event that helps raise money for the American Cancer Society, which supports education, research, and support for those fighting cancer. The Garrison's team raised over $9,500 for American Cancer Society. At the event, members both in and out of costume entertained the crowds and other relay teams and walked a 501st Legion flag around the track for 24 hours continuously. The flag never left the walking track. The 12 who stayed for all 24 hours are now referred to as SCG's Hardcore 24. In total, our flag covered 71 miles in those 24 hours. During those long hours, there was a raffle tent run by Stephen TB50131 to help raise money for the event. Troopers donated items to the raffle. And a grill was also set up for meals throughout the day. And a small little tent city was set up for troopers to rest before their shifts. Some of the guys even helped other relay teams raise money and awareness by renting brightly decorated bras and walking the track for breast cancer. The team blew by their first two goals of $5,010 and then $7,500, and they finally aimed for $10,000. And as of recording, they're at $9,659.90. So, so close. Sarah BH43666 deserves a special nod for the outstanding work she put in for coordinating this event between the three clubs. And thanks to Glenn, TS602, for that report. And now a word from one of our sponsors. To help make the case for Jedico Insurance, we hired that announcer guy from the 501st cast. There I was. Crash landed on a swamp planet. My ship completely sunk. In a world where our ship was completely underwater. Oh, can't get your ship out. But a new force was about to blow. Help you I can, yes. He was incredible. 
got my ship out and had me on my way in no time at all. Jedico Insurance. <laughs> So coming up this week is San Diego Comic-Con, and we have a special guest for this edition of the podcast coming up next. Hello, everyone. Uh, we have a special interview here because, well, coming up soon is San Diego Comic-Con, which, of course, is the largest pop culture of its kind in North America. Um, and, yeah, it's just a few days away, and it attracts 130,000 people, and New York Comic-Con is pretty close to that now. But, uh, yeah, Comic-Con's a big deal for us in uh, the Imperial Sands Garrison in San Diego. Especially uh, this year is the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con, so lots of excitement. Um, so I'm here today with Leslie Farquhar, who is the, the master we bow down to for her amazing efforts uh, going to orchestrating so many of these wonderful Garrison events uh, that uh, Imperial Sands Garrison does at Comic-Con. So welcome, Leslie. Hi, everybody. So, uh, Star Wars, as most of you may or may not know, um, has a long history at San Diego Comic-Con. Some notable events include, you know, Star Wars was actually here being promoted in 1976. Yeah, I remember when the Revenge of the Sith title was revealed. There was that big Hall H exodus to the Embarcadero at the big concert. So, Leslie, were, were you there for any of those events? I was for the concert when everybody was in the Hall H, and they're like, hey, we have a treat for you guys. Follow us. And everybody went outside, and then they have a stage and everything outside, and just everybody lost it. It was insane. And I remember Kevin Smith wasn't happy because he had the panel afterwards and had no audience. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th there is a lot of Star Wars programming uh, this year's Comic-Con, and, and really every year, but this year uh, especially. And I'll go over uh, some of that a little later. But... Imperial Sands Garrison is actually, you know, doing a bunch of things. And now Imperial Sands has a panel as well, right? We sure do. Uh, we do a panel called the 501st Legion Villainous Costuming. Uh, it's going to be going over how we build our costumes, what different options are, what you need to do to join, some basics about the group. And it talks about, you know, armor and soft parts and 3D printing and props and everything that you need. Uh, it's going to be on Thursday from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Marriott Marquis uh, Grand. Excellent, and that's mm -hmm. like right, like right next to Hall A. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the Hall Hotel next door, and it's in one of the ballrooms. Perfect. Yeah, it's, it's a fun time. Now, in addition to that, I understand that there's a charity being supported uh, by Imperial Sands Garrison mm -hmm. this year. What charity is being helped? Well, every year we try to support yeah. a charity with our events. And last year we did like the Shawnee Foundation, which is a kids cancer foundation. This year we wanted to do the San Diego Food Bank. Uh, California is a very expensive place to live. There's a lot of people here who are food insecure, meaning they have jobs. They can pay the rent, but they can't necessarily provide good food for their families. And they can't pay for school lunches. So they skimp on their food. So they're suffering from just not having enough on the table. These are the people that we're trying to help by doing a food drive with all of the local clubs in uh, this area that are Star Wars related. So Bible First, Mandalorian Mercs, Rebel Legion, you know, Droid Builders, Saber Guild. We're all pulling together to collect food at the show and then we'll take it up to the food bank after. 
Oh, that's I think it's fantastic, and I know it was just uh, announced to the uh, you know social media world recently, and I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of great positive feedback about it too. So oh, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I really hope that uh, yeah people can uh, go and, and and help us. You know, just stop in at uh, the supermarket on the way into the con, or bring something and mm-hmm. uh, and donate because that's what they're going to be doing, right? So uh, anybody can bring the food to the convention itself, right? Yeah, they can bring it up to the tables. We have the Mandel Mercs at MZ sixteen. We're right next door at 17 and then Rebel Legion on the other side at 18. All three of us have tables. You can drop the food at any of the tables and this is not just club members but anybody attending the convention. And then for those who want to help us out but they're not attending the show, you can donate online and we'll give you the link for that. Excellent. Now, where is the mezzanine level? I know that uh, some people have had some trouble finding it before, so <laughs> so definitely I think some uh, some direction there I think would be really good. I always call it the hidden level because it's literally between the first floor and the second floor, and you can only get to it a certain way. So what you have to do is come in like the B or C door of the convention center and beeline it for the back of the convention center, look for the area that will have a big Freeman Services sign, over a pair of doors, that actually is the doors that leads to the entry to the mezzanine. You walk through those doors and there's escalators and elevators going up to that next level. And that's where the mezzanine is. And it's all the fan clubs. Plus there's other groups down there. There's like Califer and there's a a couple of film associations. There's a SCA organization, a Star Trek organization that comes. There's about 20. That's where they all hang out. Right, so it's just at the the back of the exhibit hall. Yeah, so find your way there to to drop off some food items, and we really like to have a, a really good showing. So at the, at the booth, what else can be done? It, it, obviously, there's the food drive that can be dropped mm-hmm. off. Uh, what else can people expect? Uh, we have members there through the entire length of the show that you can come and talk to. Uh, they'll be either in civilian clothes or in costume. And you can learn how to become a member, see our book that shows all sorts of different costumes. We show trading cards. We'll have props on the table, helmets. So you can ask questions of us about what we do, how we do it, where we find certain things, and get inspiration for our costumes and what it takes to join. And if you have questions about other clubs, we can direct you in the right direction. Of course, and we run the droid hunt from this area as well. So we have a presence there all five days of the show. It's a lot of fun. Well, that's actually a really good point. Droid Hunt. Mm-hmm. What is that exactly? Well, that's a game that we've been playing with the attendees at the show for, actually, this is our 15th anniversary of the Droid Hunt. Oh, wow, started, 15. Wow. Yeah, it started at Dragon Con yeah. in 2004, and it picked up at Comic-Con in 2006. And basically, we give a badge to the attendees that they hang on their lanyard, and they become the droid that the Empire is looking for. So we send out hunters who are looking for people wearing those droids, and this this year, we also are going to be joined by the Mandalorian Mercs, who are going to be hunting those droids for bounties, and there are Rebel Legion members who are going to be attempting to save those droids from bounty hunters and the Imperials, so it's a little interclub action for a little bit of fun. And the whole point of the game is that if you get caught, they will actually break your badge in half, because it's also a raffle ticket. So we'll keep one half, you keep the other half, and then we'll put that into a raffle that you can come back on Sunday morning, anytime through the day, and check and see if you won one of a, a prize given by our sponsors. We give a lot of good stuff away. When did they get their badge to become a droid? On Friday. Friday. So Mm -hmm. they have to just stop by the booth on Friday. Yes. Pick up a badge. The actual hunt happens on Saturday. Yep. All day from 10 o'clock in the morning till 5.01 p.m. Oh, excellent. 5.01. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So for any of the Imperial Sands Garrison members or other uh, members of other garrisons all around the world who are coming to Mm Comic-Con... 
how can they sign up to become one of these raiding parties searching for these droids? All they need to do is register on the Imperial Sands Garrison forums and request 501st access. We have a whole Comic-Con forum for all the 501st members to see that actually tells all of the stuff that's going on from our Legion picture, the droid hunt, to booth duty, uh, where we're going to be stationed throughout the show. And there is a thread for the droid hunt where they can sign up there. Oh, excellent. And teams there, are definitely forming right now. Is there a deadline for the, the teams to have formed up? Well, we prefer to do it as soon as possible, but we'll sign people up the day of the hunt. Okay. Excellent. And so this is all in costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also spotters that can happen yeah. too, right? So it's a team of six that go out and work as a unit. And each team is allowed to have one spotter, which is one of their six people. And they're kind of like the Imperial officers that say, you know, looks are droids. And then they'll point the troopers that direction, kind of direct them where to go. Because, you know, stormtroopers can't see a thing in that helmet. <laughs> What about the booth itself? It's, it says staffed all weekend long. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that open to other members as well, like from other garrisons? Who, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They can come hang out with us and take some booth duty, talk to people yeah. all day long. People watch. That's what we do. Oh, excellent. Now, you said there's also a 501st picture happening. Yes, we're going to do that on Saturday. Uh, it's at 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll muster. Uh, location is actually maybe changing right now. Right now, it's on the back veranda, but I, we may have some difficulties with that, so we have to may, may have to move. But we'll keep it updated on the forum. But we get everybody together, get them all posed on the stairs, take a couple of quick pictures. We'll take a serious shot and buckets off, and then we do our trademark silly shot for everybody. <laughs> and then uh, we let the other clubs do their thing as well, because they're going to come in right behind us and do theirs. Excellent. So that's Saturday at 10 a.m. Yes. Okay. Are you aware of uh, any other activities going on that you'd like to mention that some of our members may be participating in? Well, for sure, we're going to be on Fox News on Friday morning. Uh, we're going to be doing the morning show with them over at the Hard Rock. Uh, we do that every year. And, of course, uh, you're going to see us wandering around the show. Uh, you may see us hanging out in the Hasbro booth a little bit. You may see us just visiting other booths around the show. Uh, no given specific time or location. They just run around the show all weekend. Fantastic. You know, and sometimes things come up last minute, too, because I remember... Um Participating in the Magic Wheelchair presentation last year. Mm-hmm. That was a thrill to be a part of. So That was a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Just the, the smiles on those kids' faces was just amazing. You know, maybe something else may also pop up. You know, there's so many different production mm-hmm. companies, studios, etc. that, you know, may develop things and give us very little notice. And if stuff like that comes up, it'll almost always pop up on our Imperial Sands Garrison Facebook page. That's where we post it all. Now, there's also a Friday evening event, right? Mm -hmm. Well, every year, we and we've become kind of known for this out here. We throw a big old bash out here in San Diego. Every year, it's got a theme. This year, we're doing Studio 77 Star Wars at the Disco. (laughs) So we wanted to relax a little little bit, get the groove on, have some good music, and it's a full dinner, open bar, uh, and everybody uh, dresses up in costume. At every event, it just gets better and better. The clothes that people wear, they almost always amaze me. Okay, so well, hopefully we'll be able to see a lot of our uh, visiting Garrison members mm-hmm. as well as our local members. That's an amazing number of events and things that you're organizing, like <laughs> you and, and all the volunteers that you have. So, like, uh, that's just amazing, really. Like that you're you're putting in so much effort. So, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. It's actually kind of a light year this year. There are some years when yeah. it's busier. <laughs> 
Some of the other clubs, of course, our uh, sister clubs, if you will, have some panels and uh, events as well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about those for a bit. Now, so the Mando Mercs, I think they've got a panel. Yeah. On Friday morning uh, in room 7AB at the convention center, we've got a Mando Mercs panel about bringing the Mandalorians to life, a guide to building armor. So if you've ever wanted to know what the Mandalorians are, where they come from, what their armor looks like, and how to build it, this is going to be a great panel to start with, especially with the Mandalorian coming out in November. Mm-hmm. So excited. Yes, I am too. And then uh, there's another one, uh, right? We're going to have the All Club panel on Saturday from 12 to 1 at the Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park in the Old Hall of Champions. And that's going to talk about what all the different clubs do. And we've got 501st and Rebel Legion, Mandel Merck, Saber Yells. All the clubs are going to be there for that one. It's going to be a great panel. And the museum, I mean, this is the first time they've done any programming there. I do believe so, yeah. Yeah. So, because from what I understand, they're going to be building out the museum for, uh, I think think their official opening is like 2021, but they've been doing a lot of nerdy, geeky related events there. Uh, As I understand it, they're running a Batman thing uh, all through the convention convention weekend already, so that's going to be great. Yes. Yeah, being the uh, 80th birthday of Batman. So, let's talk about other Star Wars things that are happening at Comic-Con. Friday is typically Star Wars Day, Mm -hmm. right? Has been for years. Has been for years. Love it. You know, what will we expect? I mean, as far as just walking around that, because there are a lot of booths that we're uh, used to seeing Mm -hmm. that, you know, specialize in in Star Wars products like Lego and Hasbro and, uh, you know, Lucasfilm has a huge pavilion every year. Every year. And it gets, that one only gets bigger, I swear. Yeah. A lot of our sponsors are going to be down in the, on, the different booths on the floor. So DK Books, Cotabakia, Hallmark, Fanboy Swag is going to be there, War Machine Marketing, Diamond Select Toys. And I know there's probably another two, one or two that I'm just slip, letting slip past me. But when you go down to the floor on Friday, it's going to be all Star Wars everywhere. And it's going to be not just at the club booths, but it's going to be at Lucasfilm. It's going to be at Disney. And it's going to be at all the smaller booths and all the collector booths and the comics. And it's going to be everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's it's an incredible year this year, really, just with you know the Skywalker saga being closed mm-hmm. out soon, and and the Mandalorian coming out, and you know this uh, an incredible amount of of material that's that's you know we're all so excited about. Oh, it's an amazing year to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. <laughs> so so get this in Room Seven A B, there is Star Wars programming in there from seven a or sorry from ten a.m. to ten p.m. Mm-hmm. All day Friday. Like, yeah, you a Star Wars fan could just go there when the con opens and stay in that one room if they wanted. All day, yeah. So, you know the uh, the Mandalorian panel, the Mandalorian Mercs, uh, so they kind of kicks that off at ten a.m. But listen to this: there's a fun with Funko panel where you get to meet the people that design the Star Wars toys, uh, the, you know, like the Funko Pops and things like that. They've got somebody from Lucasfilm, Brian Merton who's doing a collectibles update. He's going to talk about prop replicas, statues, and apparently maybe a surprise or two along the way. They're doing a, a Star Wars fashion collaboration. Um, there's a uh, Hasbro is doing their own, own panel about the latest action figure offerings. And I thought this one was really interesting. Did you see the one about Star Wars audiobooks? Yeah, that's going to be kind of interesting because there's so many new Star Wars audiobooks coming out. And I don't know about you, but I listen to them in my drive back and forth to work every day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that way I can always keep up on the latest stories. Yeah, and there's one that is 
I think exclusively an audiobook. I can't remember which one it is, but I think they're going to have the the author and uh, an actor from that audiobook there. See, they've got they're going to have the person, uh, the actress who plays Aiden Versio, uh, narrator of Inferno Squad. They're going to have Catherine Tabor, who plays Padme, the narrator of Queen Shadow, and Kevin Scott, the author of uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. That's going to be so much fun. What else? Is there anything that you've seen in the uh, schedule thus far that you're really excited about? Oh, yeah. On Friday night, uh, we're going to have a Star Wars trading card collecting panel at 7 o'clock. And it's actually being put on by an Imperial Sands Garrison member, David Newhousel. It's his first panel, and he's been an avid Star Wars trading card collector for many, many years. And it's it's a hobby that not just he gets into. I mean, there's been thousands of trading cards published over the years by Tops and other companies. And David's going to take us a tour through the whole thing. Oh, fantastic. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, that sounds really neat. You know, just given that, you know, trading cards have you know been around since the first movie. Oh, yeah. And so many different sets. I think it'd be really good to hear his perspective. Yeah, and there's so many unique cards out there. And I know he's got many, many. He's showed them to me over the years. I can't, I can't even fathom his collection. So one of the ones that really interested me, I thought, and this is not one that's in the Room 7AB, uh, the all-day-long Star Wars panel. This one's actually in 25ABC, Friday from 2 to 3. It's called Bringing Films to Comic-Con. And it's got some people in there that have arranged films, you know, to be promoted at Comic-Con before. You know, they've got, like I mentioned earlier about Star Wars, you mm-hmm. know, attending Comic-Con and presenting in 1976. So they've actually got uh, Craig Miller, who's a publicist, producer, author of um, Star Wars Memories. Steve Sansweet, uh, well-known in our community as oh, okay. a, uh, so. yeah, the former um, head of fan relations at Lucasfilm. And they've also got uh, Gary Sassman, who apparently was the Comic-Con director of programming from 2000 to 2007. So I think that would be really interesting to hear their perspective on how that's changed over time. And, uh, you know, because films have been promoted at Comic-Con, you know, for at least 40 years. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be films coming out this year, too. I mean, there's always a surprise at Comic-Con every year, new trailers and fun stuff to see. So some other uh, events that are going on, say there's um, the diversity of Star Wars. This one's happening on Friday as well. This one's at the Horton Grand Theater. And they're going to have special Star Wars actors, film critics, and cosplayers discussing the with the uh, founder of Positive Pop Culture Persistent Media Group, the coming of diversity for Star Wars and their hopes for the future. So. That's going to be interesting. I get, they don't really give a good description about it beyond what they talk about, about diversity, but they could be talking about more women in Star mm-hmm. Wars, more people of color in Star Wars, and the, just the expanding reach within pop culture. Yeah, that's a really exciting thing to see right now. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that would be a really neat discussion to, to be a part of. Of course, you know, you can't see all these panels at once. I'd love to see them all. I know I won't, I won't even get to see a fraction of them, but so much fun stuff going on. Yeah, there's um, ILM X Labs doing a uh, thing about the Star Wars stories. There's, uh, you know, because they're doing the VR stories. Mm-hmm. There's um, I mean, Fanbase Press uh, doing artistic journeys in, you know, the Star Wars property. Lucasfilm Publishing. Um, they're going to have a legal team, you know, the judges evaluating pieces of the Clone Wars, you know. Should you really be giving a youngling a, a lightsaber, you know, <laughs> at such a young age, you know? But things like secret marriages, um, clone rights, 
That's going to be an interesting one. I bet that's going to be entertaining. And then the uh, the last event in this, that room, the 7AB, for the Star Wars Day is a Star Wars trivia game panel. For everyone who yeah. thinks that they are a trivia boss, they need to check this one out because it's a contest. It's interactive, and people can actually compete in this one and see who, who comes out on top. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait. There's going to be so much going on, and it's, it's an incredible time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's going to be a great year. So, Leslie, thank you very much for say, for everything that you do with uh, all, all the organization that's required in order for everybody to have such a wonderful time at Comic-Con as far as the, the garrison work, the, uh, the you know, organizing the food drive, and, uh, and for being a guest on the 501st cast. Oh, my pleasure. Love to be here. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, dot com. Member Shoutout. This episode shout out is to May 2019 Troop of the Month, Robert Parentchief, SL slash ID 7082, aka Dad, from Florida Garrison's Makazi Squad. Here's his nomination from Timothy TB7079. Robert is 88 years old, and trooping is one of his greatest joys in life. Robert was already known as Dad to much of Makazi Squad and the Florida Garrison since his two sons and wife were already members. After encouragement from squad members in 2010, Dad joined the Legion as Sidious. He marched in Disney's Star Wars Weekends parades over 60 times. At Megacon 2019, Dad trooped over 30 hours, patrolling the convention and sitting on his throne for pictures. He always had a long line of fans waiting to get a picture. Thanks to his dedication, Dad, Dad helped to raise over $4,500 during Megacon for the Peter Mayhew Foundation. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Cast is now also available on the iHeartRadio app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. So Marcus is looking up something, and while he's looking up something, we're talking about the first time that we saw 
Star Wars on the big screen. And, and as Todd mentioned, he his first experience with Star Wars in, in the movie theater was with the release of the special editions in 97. My first experience with Star Wars on the big screen happened in 1977. I was four years old, and Star Wars was the very first movie of any kind I ever saw in a movie theater. It was my first trip to a theater at all. My grandmother took me, and I remember it plain as day. Well, aside from the fact that it was Star Wars, we were a little late. And as soon as we got to the theater, we sat down, and I looked up, and the movie had progressed to the point where Vader was blasting his way through the the door there and um, barging onto the uh, the passageway of the Tantive Four. And that scared the poodoo out of me, quite literally. Yes, I was four years old, and because of Darth Vader, I pooped my pants. That was oh, my no. first experience with Star Wars. took me many years to finally admit <laughs> that I was a Star Wars fan. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> 